I'm very thankful today to be joined by Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant. Terry, thanks for the time. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, glad to be on the show. So the Senate stands adjourned at the moment uh, for the spring session. What does the upcoming calendar look like? Uh, well, I had a Zoom meeting today already, even though we're not in Springfield, for um, the uh, higher ed working group. That's a group that uh, helps put together rules or um, or proposes bills uh, that obviously are for higher education. That's where the AIM High scholarships uh, program came from and a meeting there today there are appropriations meetings all week so uh tomorrow i believe uh, wednesday i'm sorry wednesday is the education appropriations meeting so we'll be uh looking at what appropriations siu needs we've already done governor state western uh, illinois, uh university of illinois uh so those those will carry on this week uh, some of them will be in person some of them will be will be zoom meetings so when they say we're on break um we're only on break that there that there aren't any uh we're not on the house or senate floor this week one of the bills that i've talked a lot on the show about recently is senate bill 1909 it recently passed the senate and it has to do with placing what i would consider to be restrictions or perhaps um well i don't know exactly how to describe it but Pro-life pregnancy centers essentially would be under a lot more scrutiny, and uh, it's a really a bad piece of legislation. It really is, and you know, to describe it, I would say it might be the most egregious attack on First Amendment rights that we've seen in my adult life. Um, so, the base, the basics of that bill says that the attorney general gets to decide what individuals can and can't say in regard to how you counsel at a uh, crisis pregnancy center. Not only does the attorney general make the rules, but he also gets to impose the fines and then collect the fines. So where else do you know that a person gets to make the rules, say how much the fine is, and then collect the rules? So there's no due process involved at all. I, just, I, don't, I honestly do not know other than litigation where a person would go to appeal this, that was unclear uh, in the legislation. And so uh, I said very clearly on the Senate floor, shame on Attorney General Kwame Raul for this, because this was his initiative. So you have an Attorney General creating a, uh, a bill that was run by Senator uh, Selena Villanueva. He created a bill that says he makes the rules, he says what the fines are, then he collects the fines. I don't know what else to say on that except shame on him. Yeah, and I've said several times that I understand that people who are pro-choice are going to advance pro-choice legislation. I really never did think that they would subject a place that is handing out diapers and car seats and cribs and wipes and tangible items to people who maybe are just simply not wanting to engage with Planned Parenthood because of their political reputation. Well, or perhaps it's because it goes against their religious beliefs. So you could have someone who's running a um, not-for-profit crisis pregnancy center who says to someone coming in their doors, there are serious health risks when a woman gets an abortion. That is true. There are serious health risks. 
But you put yourself in a position where you could have the attorney general's office come and say, that's a violation. You can't tell people that unless you can absolutely prove it. Well, if he's making the rules and he's instituting the fines, where are the guidelines for what a person can and cannot say? I mean, we saw this with COVID uh, when everyone said follow the science and scientists didn't agree with each other. And now we have scientists who, uh, once again, are not agreeing with each other. So who gets to decide uh, on, on these other than Kwame Raoul? And so there's a real danger here to our First Amendment rights, not only for free speech, but also for exercising our religious rights. And I don't know if the listeners realize it or not, but, you know, we already have <clears throat> an abortion clinic in Carbondale. It's Choices. And that's across from Coles. There's another facility going in behind uh, the um, post office on the west side, right behind Westtown Mall. Um, I'm told that there was a third one that is over uh, off of Striegel Road, but I haven't I haven't been able to nail that down yet. I heard rumors that there will be as many as five uh, in Carbondale, and so um, while they continue to make Carbondale the the uh, destination site for abortion abortions in Illinois, we are uh, continuing to see uh, more and more legislation. Uh, going after crisis pregnancy centers. There was another bill, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the bill number, uh, but it was run uh, just immediately before the one we've just been describing that changes uh, the ability to FOIA information from uh, abortion facilities. So in the past, you were able to, you couldn't get names uh, of individuals who got abortions, but you could get a report that indicated how many abortions had been performed at that facility. Uh, if this bill passes in the House and ultimately the governor signs it, which we expect, you would no longer be able to FOIA any information from abortion clinics. Uh, I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, it, it, it's a medical procedure. Uh, we should be able, and, and they are getting taxpayer dollars. You should be able to FOIA information from any entity that gets taxpayer dollars. So how are taxpayers or how are legislators supposed to keep track of whether or not what individuals are doing is right or just or legal if we can't even FOIA that information? Uh, so there's a lot of bad legislation out there attacking our First Amendment rights. And those are just two uh, uh, that were just passed this last week in the, in the Senate. And I believe that uh, Peter Breen with Illinois Right to Life has promised to sue in court should the legislation be passed and signed into law. Yeah, I think uh, Peter is the, I'm not sure of his exact title, I think he's the vice chairman or vice president of the Thomas Moore uh, Society. Uh, that's a Catholic organization, pro-life. Uh, and they, they immediately upon the governor signing uh, either of these bills, I believe that they will be immediately litigated. And so... I would say to your listeners uh, that it becomes very important for individuals who are pro-life or <clears throat> who are pro-choice and don't think that this, you know, that this goes too far, need to be donating uh, in order to help 
uh, you know, it takes about a million dollars to get any of these bills to the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, any of the any of these cases. And so now it's time for people of faith or those who just believe strongly in the Constitution to step up and uh, put their money where their mouth is. Terry Bryant's with us today. Terry, of course, we've read a lot lately about Schott and the repurposing there. Uh, what is the latest, to your knowledge, about where Schott is going from here? So there, there appears to be some good things that are happening there, and that is uh, that the governor's office has, uh, and DHS have indicated that they're going to put a lot more money there into mental health um, for things like, if I understand correctly, for drug rehab, uh, for those who are court ordered. Uh, sometimes, you know, that's a forensic unit. They uh, call it a civil, forgot what it's not, uh, where you're civilly assigned to go because you can't stand trial. They say they're going to put a lot more money in there. Um, I'm going to hold their feet to the fire on that. The negative of all of this is there are 123 individuals living there many of them who have called that home for 30 years or more, uh, developmentally disabled, intellectually disabled, they are going to be displaced. I don't know how to get that stopped. We've been trying. I don't know if there's a pathway to get it stopped at this point. I know that the first cohort of individuals coming out of there, there's probably going to be 30 of the 123 that will happen within the next month. Those are individuals who have indicated that they would like to go to a SILA home or who uh, either individually or through their guardians have indicated that they would not mind going to another uh, state-operated uh, developmental center. So we're looking at places like the Murray Center. That'll be 30 individuals um, that will be moved here very shortly. The remainder of those individuals would be moved over the next two years uh, in uh, as many as five or six a month. Uh, and, um, you know, the hopefully it will be done in a very thoughtful way. In the meantime, uh, people like me and Representative Charlie Meyer, Senator Jill Tracy, whose brother lives at Shout, we're going to continue to fight to keep those individuals at Shout, uh, the, the DD and ID individuals, the remainder of those 123. Uh, I continue to say that I don't know why the governor's office and DHS cannot find a way to chew gum and walk. They can make all of the good positive changes that they're talking about doing, but also allow those individuals to stay at the facility for the remainder of their lives, even if they don't continue to take in uh, new patients. Uh, you know, there are, as I said, there are individuals who have called that place home for 30 years or more. And uh, they have, you know, really, we should be thinking as a society, how do we take care of them? They are often considered the least among us and um, they really depend on our help and so uh, call the governor's office you know those who are listening and tell them that you want these people treated right and fair they have a right to go to another SODC but more than that they have a right to stay there for the remainder of their lives if we can make that happen. Last question before we let you go today there was a number of bills this session that dealt with of all of all things animals including <laughs> animal decline and bears and primates yeah you, it so just not, really so, was yeah, a, so, something to behold go ahead right I mean you know while we have we still have real uh, issues uh, in regard to our budget 
you know, we we'll, we have to get a budget in place where I think we are scheduled to end our session on May 19th, I believe. So we've got to get a budget in place. Uh, we know that, you know, federal dollars are going to begin they're going to be end, they're going to end here shortly and so we may be in a real budget crisis but while all that is going on uh we had a bill there was a bill uh, that would prohibit declawing of cats which veterinarians were very angry about not not because uh they're going to lose the money on declawing cats but because quite often uh it's it's a significant health issue for cats to declaw them and so uh veterinarians were against that bill uh, there was a bill that said that you you cannot have an animal on your lap while you're driving. I don't know how I feel about that when, uh, you know, obviously we want to keep people safe. But the one I think that was just pretty ridiculous was uh, not being able to touch a bear or a primate in Illinois. So I really don't know what was driving that bill. I heard something about a petting zoo but I don't know too many people that would want to pet a bear um, or a primate. And I really don't know uh, how, because it's going to go over to the House now. So there's a lot of questions. There were a lot of bills moved out of the Senate that weren't right, ready for prime time. Uh, and they, they, they continued to say, oh, we'll just vote it out of the Senate. and We'll fix it over in the House. Well, you know, that's never a good way to pass legislation. There was a significant bill that I think people will hear a lot about. I'm very high on this bill, and that's a bill that has to do with, uh, they call them mini nukes or modular uh, uh, nuclear reactors. Uh, for people of my generation and older, we remember Three Mile Island and Chernobyl. Uh, I want to just tell folks this is not something to be concerned about in that regard. These are small nuclear reactors, very, very similar to what runs a nuclear submarine. And it could be uh, really the relief that we're going to need as we're forced to shut down the coal-powered plants because we know that wind and solar are not going to cut it. And uh, nuclear is uh, clean energy. Uh, and um, we do have some very good techniques in place now to deal with the waste from uh, nuclear um, reactors. Uh, just to kind of give you an example, I've been not that they've said that they want it, but just to give you an example of what could be uh, used, you probably need roughly um, three of the mini nukes or modular nukes to completely run a facility the size of Continental Tire. And so, that would enable them to operate and not pull energy off the grid, which then would allow more energy for our homes, which could drive prices down for energy. So we're looking very hard at ways to um, help everybody uh, in the MISO grid, especially uh, PJM, that's farther north, but the MISO grid are the folks here uh, that are going to take energy off of Ameren as well as our um uh, co-ops and uh, and you know the environmentalists don't even want us using natural gas, which also burns clean. So we got to have some alternatives here, and that's an alternative for us. It passed the Senate. Uh, it, it was uh, I think eighty plus. Uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, forty plus votes in the Senate. That's a very good vote count, and um, we hope that it'll pass over in the House. Terry Bryant's been our guest today, Illinois State Senator Terry. As always, we appreciate your time very much. Thank you, Will. Thanks for having me.